The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good weekend and good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest is Andy Ballinger. How's it going, Andy? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for coming on to the show tonight. Yeah, you're welcome. Or I guess, uh, uh, yeah, it could also be uh, the animal Bob Anger. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, you're an indie pro wrestler, and plus, you are an artist for uh, different uh, comic book companies like DC, Image, Heavy Metal Magazine, uh, Boom Studios for uh, WWE. Um, you have a lot of talent. Oh yeah, yeah. I, those are all the those are all my my recent ones that I've worked for. But yeah, I've uh, I've been a comic creator pretty much my whole life. I, I turned pro I think when I was around twenty five or twenty six. And you've been doing this for like going on for fourteen years as well. Yeah, yeah. I've been a I've been a freelance comic book creator uh, for a, a lot of the major publishers in the U.S. Yeah, for 14 years. Yeah. And um, um, when you were with uh, DC Comics, you did a Friday the 13th comic for them. Yeah, that was sort of like my uh, debut sort of comic. Um, it, was like, it was like my big break sort of thing. Uh, and that was with uh, Wildstorm, who were, were already owned by DC at the time. Um, yeah, that was the, the, the first big comic I did. Um, funny, that was like my life goal. My life goal was to like work for DC Comics. Hey, your dream That's came... Like, uh, yeah, your dream like came... around 26 or 27, yeah. All right, your dream came true. So were you like a diehard DC Comics fan growing up? Yeah, big time. Um, but for like really obscure comics that not a lot of people know about, it was, uh, it was a comic called um, uh, Creature Commandos. And it was basically like the Wolfman... And Dracula and the Wolfman were uh, fighting Nazis, um, and it was a big comic in like the sixties and seventies. That's very interesting. I've never heard of that. Oh yeah, Creature Commandos is dope. It's really cool. I'll definitely have to look that up as well. Um, so, you, I mean, you also did like Heavy Metal Magazine. Um, I like that uh, Megadeth cover you did for him. Yeah, so I did a, a story uh, in the Death by Design book that they just put out where it's like a lot of short stories by artists about Megadeth and it was all sort of wrapped around like a big Megadeth promotion. And I did a story called Rattlehead with a, a, a writer named Dan Fogler who's also an actor. He was on Walking Dead and he was in the he's in all the Fantastic Beasts movies. Uh, he's been in tons of stuff, fanboys. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. That's one of my best work, I think. I'm really proud of that one I did for Megadeth. That was really cool. So did you... Diehard metalhead. So did you get Megadeth a chance... Yeah, did you get a chance to meet Megadeth? No, but apparently I'm going to meet someone in uh, New York, I think. If Dave's okay, because Dave was diagnosed with uh, throat cancer, right? Yeah, he sure was. That'd be neat if yeah. you get, get to meet them. They'd probably like that cover. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Heavy Metal Magazine uh, contacted me this week about doing a signing in New York for New York Comic Con. 
I, New York Comic Con is one of the greatest Comic Cons out there besides San Diego. Yeah, it's probably like the second biggest. Yeah. I think so as well. And then, um, what'd you do for Boom Studios and WWE? Because they have a comic as well. Yeah, but w, uh, Boom Studios has the license uh, for WWE comics, and they were running a monthly like comic story, and then they would do shorts in the back, like short stories about like '80s characters or like '90s characters. And I would do that stuff because I was working at Image at the time on a monthly book already, but I was already sort of like into pro wrestling, so I really wanted the opportunity to work on those short stories for Boom, and they approached me at a party in New York at the, the Image Party about uh, coming on board and doing some of those short stories because they knew I was a, a wrestler. And uh, those stories that I worked on are written by uh, Shane Hawk, who was a, a, a big name in Chikara years ago. And uh, Shane Hawk, Andrew Stott is his real name, he uh, is my uh, trainer at IWS. Oh, yeah, and speaking... Yeah, speaking since you uh, train at IWF, that's where um, Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn started out as well. That's right. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Um, I wrestle a lot with um, Uno and Stu Grayson, who are now in AEW uh, as the Dark Order. Um, they're like two of my good buddies. And my trainer, uh, as well as Andrew, there's another trainer. Uh, named uh, Matt Martell is now just debuted at NXT. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Good for him. Yeah, him and uh, his his partner, uh, Chase Parker, just debuted um, NXT last week uh, against Brazonga. Oh, that had to, I would have loved to saw that match. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. They're new. They're like brand new. Like, I mean, they've been wrestling for 14 years. But, I mean, they're, they're new to WWE, and they've been at the training camp now, I think, for, like, six or seven months. And, uh, yeah, but Matt was one of my trainers for about a year and a half, two years. Well, uh, we were training in the in, at IWS. Because Matt had done a few um, tryouts for WWE, and Kevin, I think, was really, Kevin Owens was really working on Matt getting into WWE, we were all training at the NXT level. So, man, I lost, like, 40 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I bet you appreciate it, too, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, all that beer that I drank in 10 years making comic books, it, it, it's gone now. <laughs> hey, I want to tell you something. You got two great jobs. You got the best of both worlds. You're in the world of comics, and also um, you trained to become an independent pro wrestler as well. So um, growing up, um, what got you to fall in love with uh, pro wrestling? Oh, God. I've been in love with pro wrestling ever since I kind of discovered it. I mean, I was really big into it in the, in the 80s, I, I suppose. Um, I'm a little bit older coming into the game. I'm kind of like your, your Diamond Dallas Page. I started wrestling at the same time as Diamond Dallas Page um, in my late 30s and um, uh, yeah when I was a kid I was just obsessed with wrestling I would watch you know I remember watching Wrestlemania 2 and 3 getting like the pay-per-views at my uncle's house remember you used to have like order the pay-per-view through yes. like your cable provider and all that stuff so we would do that for Wrestlemania so I remember seeing them and then when I was a kid like a lot of the drawings I did I never drew superheroes 
I would draw either monsters like like Frankenstein or the Wolfman or any monster characters that DC or Marvel had, and then I would draw wrestlers. So I'd draw Macho Man and like Hulk Hogan, and often it would be like those characters in little comics fighting monsters. <laughs> hey, that's. So, well, Hey, that's pretty cool as well. That's kind of cool. Um, when you're like, we're drawing like wrestlers, you know, you drew a lot of pro wrestlers. Did you ever draw any wrestlers you made up yourself on paper too? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, completely. I mean, that's sort of where my career is going. I've been working on a wrestling comic now for three years, sort of writing it, the idea for it. And I'm just, uh, uh, I'll be launching that comic soon. Um, hopefully this year, if not this year, next year. Um, but, um, yeah, I gotta, all that stuff is all like sort of like hush hush in contract format. But, uh, yeah, the whole reason I became a wrestler was I wanted to make like the greatest wrestling comic ever. And I wanted to be able to speak the language. I wanted to know how it felt. And then once I started training as a wrestler and started having a few matches, I was like, oh man, being a wrestler is dope. Um, a, you, you get you, you the workout's amazing and um, you know just the, the whole the whole training to be a wrestler and being in the ring and learning the craft is challenging and it's actually stress relieving for me I was very stressed out uh, making comics because I'm very very competitive and um, becoming like a, a, a pro indie wrestler on the side has sort of like taken my mind and stress off of you know, fighting and trying to succeed so hard in comic books. Um, so now most of the day I think about wrestling. <laughs> and then I just do my comic job. It's kind of funny. Hey, that's pretty cool. And how'd you come up with Bob the Animal Anger? Well, they called me the animal in training. Uh, actually, Andrew came up with the animal. Because uh, in training, when I first started, I was a little bit older than the rest of the guys. So whenever I would have to do the drills, I would kind of like scream and make a lot of noises. So they kind of just started calling me the animal. And then when I thought about it, I was like, you know, I can totally turn this into a character. One of the things I discovered uh, when I started training, it was probably around my second practice match. I did like everything just clicked. Like I was supposed to be a wrestler. Um, you know, if you have wrestling and it sits on a spectrum, you know, on one half of the spectrum, you have theater, and then the other half of the spectrum, you have sport. And every wrestler and promoter and manager and fan of wrestling kind of has a spot on that spectrum of what they like. Like, I know promoters that don't like over-the-top characters like me. They want, like, regular guys with regular names doing the thing, you, you know, like stripped down, which is very popular right now. And then other guys who just, like, love crazy over-the-top characters and storylines and, you know, that kind of stuff. And very early on, I, I found, like, I'm really, really good at the theater, theater part of wrestling. The, the you know, the, the character work and, you know, um, getting the fans going, all that stuff, I was really good. It's just taken a few years for me to catch up on the sport aspect um, to where I am now. So... Yeah, it's fascinating. It's totally fascinating. Um, I used to, uh, you know, we, me and Andrew and um, uh, Mike Quackenbush, who runs Chikara, are very, very into, like, the creation of storylines and characters and 
that kind of stuff that are, are, are larger than life. Because, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, wrestling is very much like the, the Roman Colosseum, and, you know, there's a lot of room for, you know, uh, the imagination and, and entertainment. Oh, I totally agree with you as well. Um, since you've been wrestling as well, is there any like wrestlers you had like great chemistry in a ring with? Oh yeah, uh, I think my best match to date was last summer uh, at the Heavy Mania Festival that we had, and I was against uh, Evil Uno from the Dark Order, and um, that match was just amazing. It was just giant characters. Everything went off without a hitch. We did a lot of creative stuff in the match. And then after, we were so, like, uh, had so much adrenaline and buzz after the match that him and I just hung out for a few hours having beers and food and just talking about how, how awesome that was. And, you know, and he was talking at the time about going to hopefully Ring of Honor and then the, the AEW thing happened and he ended up going there. But that match was uh, crazy, my Evil Owner match. And there's another wrestler here in Montreal called uh, Frankie the Beast King who's like a, a, just a giant dude um, and just a badass. He comes, he's very, very kind of like a dark wrestler. He comes out with a giant snake and he's been in Montreal wrestling for years. I think he's kept one of Kevin Owens' best friends and he wrestled with Kevin Owens all, you know, the, the two of them all, you know, coming up through the indies. And uh, uh, that match that I had with him, which was the next day after Uno, that match was absolutely phenomenal too. Like, I, I weigh 230 pounds, and I'm, you know, six foot two, six foot three, and um, that guy can pick me up and press slam me like I was paper. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's so strong. So, I mean, it, it, it had so much room for, you know, you, you know when uh, when you called me, I was, you know, watching the new Godzilla movie. It, it's just that, you know character is like a big animal a big over the top character you know with, I have a lucha mask that I wear and um, big fur shoulder pads it's like a, I'm like a fur version of animal from the road warriors and um, you know when I go against a, a evil uno or a, a beast king or some of these like big larger than life uh, characters it, it kind of feels like a big monster movie in the ring and it's a that stuff's a, a lot of fun it's really cool I bet it is um, so do you get like huge pops from the audience as well yeah, totally. Totally, I'm good at getting an audience pop. That's like, that's one of my things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't have to worry about that if I'm in the ring. I, I, I work a crowd pretty good. That's sort of like the fun part for me is working with crowds. Um, unfortunately, I'm like a, a gigantic baby, but I really just want to be a bully the whole time, which kind of comes off as, as a bit of a baby, you know, in, in this sort of like wrestling world right now. People often cheer for like the, the bully so I can I like being a bully but it's kind of like a good guy's bully I guess in a way I'm you know like Kevin Owens like if Kevin Owens turned into a like a werewolf that might be my character <laughs> um you were also I talked to you like last week and um right where you're training you're getting into it right after uh you know Kevin Owens and uh you know Sammy Zayn were going over to the E Oh, what I was saying is, um, when we were talk when we talked last week, um, you were saying you know you were getting into the training right after like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn left to go up to the WWE. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was uh, I was training with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and uh, 
yeah, sorry, they must have had a lag there. Yeah, I started, I, I was watching them wrestle in uh, IWF and Battle War when I came to Montreal, but by the time I had started wrestling, they had just moved up. So they had just gone to WWE, maybe by a year or something like that. So, you know, I've seen them and stuff. Um, you know, and Kevin stopped by the, the training uh, IWF uh, dojo a few times. So, um, yeah, so I just missed them. But, like, basically everyone I work with in IWS um, worked with them for years. So, I mean, they basically have their training uh, sort of, like, in place. So, you know, that, that's sort of who I'm learning with. And uh, when I was in Italy hanging out with wrestlers, uh, I guess Sammy Zane had done some uh, seminars in Italy. So a lot of guys have been trained by Sammy Zane over there. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I bet it is. So what was it like to go over to Italy? Oh, it's fantastic. My wife was going to school and I was, you know, looking after my kid and working and, you know, saw some of the guys there. It's picking up over there as far as wrestling goes. Um, they need more rings, that's for sure. They don't have enough rings in Italy. But I think there's a lot of bureaucracy when it comes to, like, being able to get a, a place to put a ring, um, you know, the, as far as real estate goes. But, you know, if you're a ring salesman, get over to Italy. You're going to make some money. <laughs> you probably will. So when you were in Italy, did you, like, train or get a chance to wrestle in one of the rings? No, it was, like, in Pisa. So I was basically just training for coming back to, to IWF. Okay. I met those guys. I bet you did. Was there a lot of um, so? How are the Italians over there for their wrestling? Are they like diehard, like how they are in like Canada and the states? No, they don't really know about it too much. But the guys that are into it, that are wrestlers, those guys are wildly into it, and they're really they're pretty talented. They're they're pretty good. It's gonna it's gonna pick up there big time. I think in the next five years, it's gonna be big there. <laughs> oh, I can see that because wrestling's getting big all over. They, they love it. I went to uh, a, a thing that they have there called Calico Storico, which is in Florence, and they have it once a year. And it's basically MMA with rugby. And uh, it's probably the most violent sport in the world I've ever seen. They basically have two lineups uh, per team, and they just beat the crap out of each other until they pin each other. And then as soon as there's, like, a certain amount of guys on the field, like a certain amount have gotten beat up and are on the ground, then they run a, a rugby match. It's the wildest you've ever seen it's like full-blown enter the dragon but like a, a sport that's pretty wild yeah so i can imagine that wrestling's gonna do really well over there in the next couple of years yeah canada is, is a hotbed for wrestling i mean there's so much great talent and a lot of promotions out there so what was some of the greatest talent i mean you mentioned a few as well what are some of the other greatest talent out in canada you wouldn't mind getting a ring with and also um how how diehard really are canadians in the uh watching pro wrestling well to give you an idea like in montreal here there must be 10 sets at least there must be 10 and probably like there's a big one in quebec city called nfpw then IWS and Battle War in Montreal are big, and there's a few other, and uh, FLQ. There's a whole bunch in Montreal alone, but now Toronto. Like when I lived downtown Toronto for 12 years, and now downtown Toronto is like insane for wrestling too. And they have some big ones like Destiny and Impact goes to Toronto all the time, and it's it's wild. Canada is insane 
for wrestling. Like, there, there's a reason WWE just did their big training thing in Canada. Like, we have so much wrestling here, and especially in Montreal. Montreal is insane for wrestling. Um, it's like, it's got to be the second biggest sport next to hockey. Oh, I totally agree with that as well. So have you ventured out in the States and wrestled? Uh, I wrestled in Florida. Um, for uh, There's a cool group of guys that wrestle um, that do a cosplay wrestling thing at uh, Comic-Con. And uh, a guy named Alex Chamberlain, who's in Orlando, uh, who runs a school with Gangrel, uh, he runs a, a, a cosplay wrestling thing, and he dresses like Skeletor. And um, I wrestle with those guys. Um, I want to do more wrestling with those guys. And there's a few Comic-Cons that they have wrestling at that I'd love to be able to wrestle down there. But I don't I don't uh, work too hard on wrestling in the States yet because um, just about every Canadian guy that I know that's tried to work big in the States, they've all gotten banned from the U.S. Like, be the problems and, like, guys like, you know, even even Uno and and um, Stu Grayson had like a real hard time. I think getting visas uh, to go to AEW. I think it took them ten years to get uh, their, their stuff off their their records for for going down there. And, I mean, they're just going down there to wrestle, but you know, the border guys like to like to you know get those wrestlers. Like Tyson Dukes is a amazing Canadian wrestler. Um, I think he's from the Windsor area, but he wrestles a lot in in Toronto and Ottawa. And Tyson is unreal good. And and I know he got banned from the U.S. for wrestling. So, you know, you don't want to get in a situation where you might get banned. So I'm not not trying too hard yet. Hey, take your time, man. And who knows, maybe you'll get that right opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I might do a, 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 a no-ring death match uh, during New York Comic Con with my buddy Casanova Valentine. Um, that could be cool. He, he, runs, he runs like these wrestling death matches out of like bars in Brooklyn. And uh, we had him up here for the heavy metal festival to wrestle. <coughs> and that guy's amazing. Uh-huh. That would be, that'd be a lot of fun to go do in uh, New York Comic Con. Oh, is that your kid? Really? Do tell. Before that, Kevin Owens, yeah, before that, Kevin Owens' son was. But now, uh, Mia Danger over here holds the record at six months. We brought her into a match and had her frog splash uh, the, the carnivore, Sunny Soleil. And uh, it was the most, uh, pretty much the most adorable thing ever. And I thought, like, when, when we went to get her to bring her in the ring, I had my full gear on, and it was the first time she had seen me. And I was worried about uh, her getting scared of my outfit. And she, she knew exactly who I was. We're talking about wrestling, baby. <laughs> hey, when she gets older, she's going to love it seeing her dad in the ring. Oh, yeah. Well, I think she'll be in the ring. I'm, I'm a, a tall guy, but my wife is the same same height as I am. So this kid's probably going to be like, by the time she's 13, probably like six foot. So if she ever came, so if she ever came up to you one day when she was a little bit older and said, "Hey, Dad, I want to wrestle," would you let her? Uh, I would let her wrestle in Montreal because I know all the guys. 
It's pretty good as well, and um, you know who knows? Maybe you'll do like a, getting a, be a, her tag team partner. <laughs> oh, that'd be wild! Well, that, by the time she's probably old enough to wrestle, which is in fifteen years, I'll be like, oh god, like fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'll pretty. A fifty-five-year-old animal running around. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> be pretty awesome. Oh, that'd be pretty good. Um, you also, uh, um, yeah, um, I didn't hear what you said. Um, I kind of lost a little connection there a little bit. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm sure it'll be, uh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be cool. I'll wrestle with her one day for sure. Um, also, awesome. since you have the love for wrestling, what got you into the love of, you know, comics and, uh, being an artist? Yeah, probably that more so. She loves to draw and paint now and her, her mom's like a, realist uh, artist like does like super realistic paintings and so the two of them were, were out there painting today um but I brought her to I brought her to wrestling a couple times there's a few times where it's like I've had like a, a match and I'm like here just hang on to my kid for a sec <laughs> yeah and I bet everybody in the locker room loved her <laughs> oh yeah hell yeah <laughs> yeah big time um, yeah, like you speaking of earlier on the show, you know, you grew up loving pro wrestling as well. You also grew up loving comics as well. Um, what got you into the uh, love of comic books, which led you into being a comic book artist? Oh, well, when I was a kid, um, my dad used to take me to this uh, secondhand bookstore in my hometown, which is about an hour west of Toronto. And they used to have, like, all the comics, like, on shelves, and they had, like, hundreds and thousands, it was just, like, probably, like, a thousand comics sitting there, you know, and the owner smoked, so they were all sort of, like, yellow paper, and yeah. no bags and boards at the time, and um, I would just sit, my dad would be, like, looking for marketing books for work for hours, and I would just sit there and, uh, you know, read comics, and they were only, like, a quarter, these secondhand comics. And I would buy those comics, and that, that's sort of, like, where I got into it. Just became obsessed with it. I'm, I'm one of those people that kind of has had, a, like, a singular drive on what they wanted to do for their career this whole life. Like, when I was six years old, I knew I wanted to make comic books for my career. That's pretty awesome, too. Um, um, how long did it take you uh, to really get noticed, like, from D.C. and all the other comic book companies you worked for of your work did you go around uh showing your work everywhere as well yeah uh pretty much the only way to break into comic books is by going to conventions all over the all over the u.s and showing your work to professionals and getting you know out there and being social you know and meeting guys that like the bar and meeting other editors and comic creators writers artists is really the only way and after I was done uh, university, I moved to Toronto uh, and basically worked to get into the, the best comic book studio in Toronto. And at the time, it was called Raid. And uh, Raid is a comic book uh, studio in Toronto that basically is, is made up of pro 
comic creators that work for Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, that kind of stuff. And I basically, you know, there was a, a comic convention and I, I rented, uh, I had a book out that was very sort of 50s, rockabilly inspired. And I rented a 57 Oldsmobile. It was, gr- it was silver with like green flames. <laughs> and I, instead of having a table, I had this car that I drove into the convention and I sold my comics out of the back of the trunk. And I had like these uh, three girls um, running around in miniskirts on roller skates, like handing out flyers and comics to people. And the, the guys in that studio were like, whoa, who's this dude? So, I, I, you know, they were asking, you know, what I was up to, like, you know, how did I get these girls? <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, blah, 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 I'm having a keg party tonight. So they would come to my parties, and pretty soon they invited me into the studio, and that's where I really became a comic creator. You know, you can't really get good at anything unless you play with people that are way better than you, you know, like, that kick your ass. So that's how you learn, and that, that's how I did it. You know, and you get connections that way by hanging out with other pros. It's the same in wrestling. You know, you wrestle all over the place. You make pals with people, and you know, it's uh, networking. And it's pretty cool. Because, I mean, comic and wrestling. Um, that's um, that's just really great because that works hand in hand. I mean, um, some of the indie wrestlers and pro wrestlers I've talked to are like comic book fans as well. Oh yeah, I've talked to tons of wrestlers that are big comic comic fans for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so um, when you were like um, got in with a Raid Studio, you know, you know, working, you know, with all these top artists and creators, how did DC Comics eye you? Um, it's kind of a funny story. We uh, uh, DreamWorks came into our studio and we're looking at our portfolios and had us down to San Diego before the big Comic Con to, uh, you know, go, we, we did a tour of DreamWorks and uh, gave them our portfolios. And at the time, the movie we were going to work on was called Megamind. Okay. Um, it came out, but originally that movie was supposed to be hardcore Kirby-inspired, like okay. Jack Kirby-inspired. So we were going to be a team of artists that were going to bring Jack Kirby design and animation to uh, Pixar. and Or, sorry, DreamWorks. And um, that kind of fell through, but the next day... We, a friend of mine, uh, Carl Kershaw, had a book of, of Wildstorm, which was uh, basically satellite of DC. And when we were in there, you know, my buddies were looking for work, asking for work um, from this guy, uh, Ben Abernathy. He's a big editor out there. And uh, I went into his office, and it was just covered in horror mem- memorabilia. And I was a big horror fan when I was a kid, or always, pretty much. I'm a diehard horror movie fan. So we just started talking about, you know, horror movies and Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and you know the conversation kind of like went from him talking to everybody to the two of us just chatting about horror movies and like in in there he was just like hey do you want to do an issue Friday the 13th you know like come on here and start and I was like yeah meanwhile all my friends are like asking for work you know <laughs> so I ended up coming away with a, a, a gig out of that and that was my first pro gig and that was DC and um, from then on, I, I knew, you know, Ben and some of the other editors at DC. And I would go to shows in San Diego and New York, and I would meet the other editors at DC Comics, and I would hang out with them. You know, we party, and, you know, and I ended up getting gigs that way. So when you were hanging out with some of these guys at DC and Wildstrom as well, did you ever get a chance to meet, like, a Jeff Johns or Jim Lee or Dan Didio? Yeah, I've met all of them. 
Jim, like uh, Jeff, I, I have only met briefly. And same with Dan. Like I talked to Dan at, at one of the New York parties one time. He was really one of my best friends who passed away recently was a guy named Darwin Cook. He was a big comic creator from Canada. And uh, I ended up hanging out with a lot of the big DC guys with uh, Darwin. And, um, but Jim, actually, I remember being outside of one of the New York parties and Jim came out and he was like, hey, Andy, what's up? Like, how's that book you're working on? Uh, I think it was Kill Shakespeare at the time with IDW. And I remember being like blown away that he remembered my name and knew my work and everything. And Jim Lee's one of these guys that has like one of those crazy memories. Like he goes and like does exercises for it. And he just knows everything. Like if it's in the comic industry, Jim Lee knows everything about it. Oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah, he knows everyone's name, their face, what they do, everything that's being published. Jim's like a computer. Um, He knows everything. Um, Jeff Johns, I only met briefly one time. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Like, see those guys. I see those guys around all the time. That's pretty good. And Darwin and Darwin Cook, he said. Greg Capullo, I'm buddies with that dude. Um, Scott Snyder, I worked for. um, You know, some of the big guys. Jeff Lemire, yeah. Oh, I know you work. All with, the big, yeah. You work with a lot of great legends in there as well. You know, yeah. D- did you ever meet like uh, Tony Daniel or David Finch? Yeah, yeah. I was just uh, at the Toronto Comic Con. I was sitting doing commissions beside David Finch. We were like in the green room doing our commissions, and he was in there. Yeah, I da- talked to him a bunch of times, and I've, I've met Tony Daniel. Yeah, um, D- David Finch. I mean, uh, I've, I've I've worked with like Grant Morrison before, and um, you know some of the some big dudes. It's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Right now, I've worked with Donnie. Hey, that's good as well. Um, you also finished a book called Pound for Pound. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a new company out of LA called uh, TKO. And they have a little bit different model where they're not going through diamond, um, but they they kind of like put books out four at a time, so four different titles, graphic novels, and they come in graphic novel form, and then you can get a box set that has all the issues in it. It's kind of a, an interesting way that they market, and um, yeah, so I, I'm working on this book called Pound for Pound. It feels a bit like um, like a Punisher. Meets Breaking Bad, but the main character is this uh, female MMA badass uh, on the border of uh, in Texas and Mexico. And she kind of like takes on the cartel, she takes on a cult, um, but it feels very like Garth Ennis sort of Punisher. But I, I, I just wrapped it last night. Just finished the last thing last night. Oh, I'm looking forward to pick, um, checking that one out um, when I, wherever I can find it. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, violent, badass. It's it's really cool. Yeah. And um, tell me about this amazing John Morrison story about him being the, the Savage Dragon. Oh yeah, I told you about that. Yeah, so um, I've been on a, on cards at IWS and uh, C four with some big people. Like I was on a card last week with uh, with uh, Cody Rhodes and MJF and Joey Janela and uh, Sean Spears and the Young Bucks did a show with us and uh, Walter and PCO but uh, one of the shows uh, was that Beast King guy I was talking about Frankie the Beast King took on John Morrison and when John came to the back I was a big fan of Lucha Underground so I I went up to him and we were talking about Lucha Underground I was really into the way they made it like a film Um, 
kind of combining film style uh, storyline with the, the wrestling. And uh, I told him that I was in comics, and then he pulled out his phone, and he was he was Savage Dragon um, in uh, like a pilot that didn't end up getting picked up, but he played Savage Dragon, and he showed me the photos of him in the in the full gear with like the fin mohawk and like the cop outfit and everything, and it looked badass. I thought it was really really cool. And John is like a really really fun guy to talk to. He's really really cool. Super personable, really funny. John Morrison's awesome. That guy's rad. Oh, I like him. He's great. Um, I got a chance to meet him at a convention. A very uh, um, down-to-earth, humble guy, too. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, he was really, really cool. He's really, And he, he pops up and stuff. He popped up in the first uh, season of Glow, too. That was really funny. Oh, I know. I remember that, too. <laughs> That's such a great series yeah. as well. Um, speaking of wrestling comics, since you did WWE for Boom Studios, um, have you ever worked with uh, Michael Kingston, uh, who is part of Headlock Comics? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about working on a project right now. We're just trying to like figure out a good publisher for it. So him and Steve Orlando are buddies. Steve Orlando's like a big writer for DC. Two of them are buddies, and they're big wrestling heads, obviously. And uh, they they came at me about drawing something for them, and the story is super cool. <clears throat> We're just finding a, a, the proper publisher for it right now. That's pretty good. Um, I just had I had him on my podcast as well. I mean, he he was a fun interview. We talked comics and wrestling, and we talked how it was very hard for him at first. You know, pushing out Headlock Comics. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I mean, you know, it makes it makes sense that there'd be like overlap there but at the same time it's hard for people to make the connection you know what I mean they're like why is wrestling in a comic it's like it's almost like they short circuit right and also creators like I have creators come at me and they're like dude I just don't get this wrestling thing that you do and I'm like dude you draw Batman for a living like how do you not understand <laughs> wrestling <laughs> like you know it's, it's just come make it in a ring and it's like the same thing you know the storyline the, the everything it's the same thing so um you know some people just have a hard time making that connection i think so too and another thing is too um there's a, i'm also talked to a lot of uh, other pro wrestlers who are horror fans and uh you know, horror fans who are pro wrestlers. It's just weird how this group connects. You know, you got like the comic book fans who are pro wrestling fans, and you got the pro wrestlers who are comic fans. You got the horror fans who are pro wrestling fans, and you got some pro wrestlers that are horror. And like what you were saying, it's all the same thing but different. It's just like all storylines, you know, characters. You got your good guy. You got your bad guy. It, um, I, I don't understand how some people can't really figure that out. Yeah, and even the setup of a wrestling match it is this basically the way I remember all my moves in a wrestling match. It's just based on the hero's journey, which is a match. You know, you have your shine, your cutoff, your heat, your falsies, your comeback, and then your ending. You know what I mean? And that's that's how it clicked for me in wrestling. It was like, oh, you know, in the shine, I, I have to remember this stuff, and in the in the cutoff, I remember this. And in the heat, I remember this. And then my comeback or my hot tag, I remember this. It's like you remember what you do in these series of, of situations. And once you understand that, you can mess with the formula 
a bit like Tarantino messes with his scripts. So <clears throat> they're very similar, very, very similar. Uh, people often ask, like, oh, man, how do you do it? I'm like, it's comic, being a comic creator and being a wrestler is very kind of close. I think so as well. And since you told me your memorable moment of that one match we talked about earlier, you know, um, when you got into wrestling as well, what was the most memorable moment for you uh, being a comic book artist? You probably have like tons. I mean, you've met like all the, you know, big artists and, you know, editors and all that. What what's the one thing that really still sticks with you of being a comic book artist, uh, which is, hey, this is like a great memorable moment for me. Jeez, that's hard, man. Um, I mean, there's tons of moments. I mean, as far as your career goes, you know, you have moments. I think when my Image comic, Southern Cross, debuted, it was like, it was 2015, and I remember thinking it was the first time I really felt like an artist. And that book came out, and it got big sales and stuff like that. I remember thinking that that was sort of like the pinnacle height of where I had gotten to, and that felt really good. I mean, the first time I worked for DC, that was big too. You know, that feeling? Yeah. <laughs> that you've done something big. Um, you know, that was pretty fantastic. Uh, you know, winning my first championship in wrestling was big too. You know, that was great. Um, but you know, as far as comics go, I mean, I have tons of stories of people and weird things that have happened at Comic-Con and, you know, tons of memories of, you know, like I was, it was in a bathroom and met the entire cast of The Expendables. Like, you know, like Stallone and, you know, all those guys, Bruce Willis and Dolph Lundgren and, you know, you have those moments at Comic-Con where you just meet crazy people. Um, that stuff's all, all crazy. But as far as my career goes, you know, I'm also one of those guys that's perfectionist and I always like I'm never satisfied with what I do so I think wrestling is kind of like taking that edge off I'm never satisfied with my my work never you know I'm always trying to be better and better and better and better and fighting towards it and it gets a little heavy sometimes so I think you know being able to go do some matches and clothesline a dude into the dirt really kind of like or getting clotheslined into the dirt really makes you feel better. <laughs> I bet it does. You probably get that big smile. <laughs> yeah, you bet. You bet. <laughs> kind of put things in perspective. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fighting to be the best artist in a thing that's completely, you know, up to someone's opinion. So it's hard to win them over. But then I can go do a wrestling match and, you know, you get something physical. And it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty dope. So where can everybody find you on social media if they want to follow your work and also uh, being a pro wrestler? Um, if you go to Instagram, go to Andy Belanger, you'll see a picture of Bob Anger up there. And, um, you know, on Twitter, it's the same thing. It's Andy Belanger, at Andy Belanger. Um, those are the two best places to find me and my work and what's up. Twitter, I'm always talking about matches that come up. Same on Facebook. All right. I don't, Thank uh, I don't, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's pretty good, man. I mean, I, shoot, I could talk to you all night. You seem like you have all kinds of great stories in the comic field and the wrestling field as well. Um, oh, yeah. So what do some of your uh, guys in the locker room think about you being a comic book artist as well? 
I don't know. Maybe they're like, what's this comic book dick doing trying to be a wrestler? (laughs) 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 I don't know. I don't know. All the guys are like super friendly with me. It's really fun. Um, I'm kind of, it's kind of weird. I took martial arts my whole life. So when I got into wrestling, um, you know, I had a lot of the balance and, you know, dexterity and the body movements and stuff like that. So I've always been really, you know, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, agile. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it came to me very quickly. So, you know, it's just a matter of, of getting the, the sports stuff to where it needs to be, you know, all the time. That's the big challenge for me. You know, it's a challenge for everybody, you know. Have you ever thought about bringing Bob the Animal in a comic? Oh, bringing Bob the Animal into comics? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I have a few plans for, for Bob. He's going to come into stuff. But I'm thinking of uh, retiring Andy Belanger from everything and just Bob Anger does everything. He does the comics and he does the wrestling. You know something? I like that name. I could see that on a comic or at a wrestling card. Uh, Bob Anger. I like that. Yeah, he's a. Uh, he's either gonna tear you apart or sell you a car. <laughs> yeah, oh, hey, that's right, man. <laughs> or uh, sell you a commission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, what do you want me to draw you? I'll draw you anything. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're talking about now. Is uh, Bob Anger taking over and doing everything, and and uh, maybe he maybe he's gonna kill off Andy Belanger. We'll see. Oh, hey, I'm looking forward to doing that. And when that time comes around, I would love to have you come on. It's the brand new Bob Anger. <laughs> oh, that'd be badass. Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> you can have like a whole origin story and you can do it from start to finish what Bob Anger's going to do next. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. There's, that stuff is all being worked out right now. I'm in the process of starting a new tag team this month so uh, called Animal Kingdom. Uh, with a guy here in, in Montreal called Kuma the Grizzly King. We're going to be like the fur version of the Road Warriors. It's going to be pretty crazy. That's wild, man. Yeah, man. He's a badass. He's a badass wrestler. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm excited. We're going we're gonna to kick ass. I'm, I'm pumped. All right. Good for you. And like I said, thank you so much for coming out of your busy schedule to come on tonight. Yeah, man. Hey, no problem. All right. And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. Good night. What's up, podcast listeners? This is Jargo from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, as well as HTM Sports, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Listen, if you love Robin's show, then chances are you'll enjoy ours as well. We talk a lot of Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, AEW, NXT, WWE, you name it, we've got you covered. So hit that subscribe button. Be sure that you catch the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, the weekly flagship, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Good morning. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And we're over here at the Wyoming Coffee. And my guest is Paul Axt. How's it going, Paul? It's going well, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Hey, anytime. Um, let's talk about some uh, Battle on the Border pro wrestling business as well. How you became part of it, how Denim scouted you, and you're going to be also uh, wrestling your uh, trainer, uh, Tim Lutz, at you know Battle on the Border Armageddon September 21st. Yeah, man. So, uh, Denim was a guest at the show. I was actually unaware he was there. I had no idea. Tim mentioned something like a week or two prior to the show that there were possibly like people scouting for other shows other local promotions and I was like oh cool you know just nonchalant like, yeah, yeah that's sweet um, uh, my partner and I were the main event against uh, fellow other uh, trainers of ours and uh, Tim informed us that what was it, the following day or something like that there was three three or four guys that Denim was uh, interested in and I was one of them and I was like oh, yeah it was another thing like yeah it's cool you know sweet you know and then um i was the lucky guy to be chosen and it was a a surprise you know not saying that i'm not ready for it but you know it's it's tough to say because the other guys work just as hard as me you know but uh very honored so it's gonna be fun taking on my mentor you know he's the guy that you know helped break me into the business and uh i I feel this is if anyone's to you know get like this match it's him you know so i'm ready i'm psyched all right, um, what are your thoughts about uh, the quintessential male, Jake Shepard? He, he, I guess he has a obsession with you or something. He does. We, I, you know, that man's got a beautiful body, and I'm really trying hard to achieve that. You know, he, he act, we train together sometimes. He's like kind of a guest trainer. He comes in, man, and I love working with him. We always have a good time, but we did have a pose off in the ring, and uh, he did beat me, so I'm pretty uh, – pretty spiteful about that so i'm working on you know been eating a lot more less working out you know a lot of sleep and a lot of video games uh cheetos i think it's starting to work i'm starting to see some results all the ladies are starting to like not really look at me anymore and it's uh it's it's, it's starting to work so i think i'll be there jake That's, shepherd's level <laughs> i could see you being at jake shepherd's I, level probably beat him too i yeah it would look good yeah i think so and i think you know the little bird man, I think he'd look good under my wing. So we'll just have to see what happens, you know. Oh, you're talking about Russell Actiful. Oh, yeah. He's another a great guy. But, you know, we'll just have to see what happens, you know. All right. Um, let's let's talk about your story as well. Um, you volunteer for a fire department as well. I'm actually not career, but I'm part-time for Green Township, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Been with them almost. It'll be going on two years here in January. Uh, it's nothing but a phenomenal. It's it's a it's a blast going into work. It's you're with a good group of people. You know, all have a good you know mindset, and they just want to help others. And uh, it's uh it's cool. Except when you don't sleep. You know, like as we are today, I'm, I'm a little tired, and that's why I have the espresso and the coffee. Um, yeah, it's always something I've always kind of wanted to do, you know. The goal was always to be a pro wrestler, but in order to achieve that, you have to have other side projects, jobs, whatever it be, schooling. And so, I, you know, I, I was like, what would be another really cool thing that I would really like? I was like, I'm a firefighter. I like helping others, you know. So I uh, did the schooling for that and was fortunate enough to get hired on by Green Township. That's pretty good as well. So, do some of the guys at the station come see you wrestle? They do. Oh, they do. It's a, it's weird. You know, a lot of people 
outside of this business don't really know a lot of wrestlers, you know, personally. So it's like you tell them that, and they're like, what? You're a what? And then they get real behind it, and they're probably my biggest fans other than my family. You know, I mean, they're... Yeah, big fans. They, they don't want to see me lose. That's the yeah, that's I'm I'm more afraid of how they'll react, you know, than myself, you know. So yeah, definitely my biggest fans. I'm also growing up, um, how'd you fall in love with pro wrestling? Were you like a, a big wrestling fan? Yeah, I as long as I can remember, I've always loved pro wrestling. I mean, I can still sit here and think about episodes of Raw. I remember just, you know, certain particular moments that stick out in my mind. It just yeah, always been a big wrestling fan. Yeah, man. And then from there, um, what influenced you uh, to train to become a professional wrestler? Well, it, when it comes to like my physique, I've, I was always, I'm always another like bodybuilding fan. I've never competed in bodybuilding. I've competed in powerlifting, uh, but I just uh, so I guess that kind of helped out. You know, lead the way having a decent some kind of a look. And uh, and like I said, I, Tim Lutz was the guy. He worked at the gym. I belonged to at the time and through my girlfriend they worked together and she introduced me to him and told me you know, he wrestled and all that and at first I was like no way wrestlers are you know, big muscular guys and all that and you know poking at the beast for months and a couple years and he uh, threw out Cody Hawk's name and told me I definitely need to go meet this guy and try to pick his brain about the business so what were your thoughts about uh, training with Cody Hawk? Because you know Cody Hawk, you know, trained Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. Braxton Sutter, oh, yeah. Sammy Callahan. He's trained a lot of guys that were over in, you know, WWF, uh, WWE, Impact Wrestling. So what was it like to learn from Cody Hawk in the ring? It was awesome. Uh, the man knows his stuff. I mean, psychologically, I mean, he just, it, you know, I can remember, you know, the first day, you know, learning the handshake of wrestlers. And I was, like, blown away by the dead fish thing. But I, I respect it now. Now I understand why it is. But, I mean, the, the guy knows his stuff. I mean, it was, why are you doing this? When are you going to do this? And, you know, what was the purpose of that? You know, just very, uh, you got a great mind, great mind for the business. I mean, I, I was with him for a couple months. Unfortunately, I fractured my right heel and so that that takes off a couple months and uh schooling started for my emt class so i was like well i'm balancing that between a full-time job i worked at a spring grove cemetery at the time i was a real life undertaker yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) but so working a full-time job nursing you know an injury that the best way to heal is that is just stay off it which i couldn't do that because i had to work and then school a couple nights a week i just had to kind of put wrestling on the back burner you know and so kind of like time went on, kind of fell out of touch. Still never lost the fire to want to wrestle. You know, something I've always wanted to do. I was like, man, maybe I'll, you know, heal a little bit long, heal, heal a little bit longer uh, and just see what happens from there. And then one day Tim texts me. He's like, man, I'm hitting the itch to train people. And I was like, sweet. Well, you already got one pupil right here. Let's get this going. You know, I told him I'd help him whatever it took to make this happen. You know, he had asked the missus and all that, and kind of time went went on a little again. And then um, it was interesting. I recently lost my mother earlier this year, okay. and it was about a week or so after. It was right around that time. Tim texts me and he's like, "I got a place. You know, we're going. This is going to happen. This is real." And that was uh, that. 
moment, you know, sticks out to me. Like, I mean, that was like the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. I was like, wow, you're going to do this? And he was 100%, yeah, on the go. And we found an awesome facility over in Forest Park, uh, way across uh, hand racquetball court. I, handball. I, if I mess it up, them old guys there will. will the me, kick, oh, kick yeah. <laughs> They're the toughest people I've ever met, them old handball guys. Um, great guy. Uh, name, the owner's name's Paul. Uh, sweet name to begin with, but yeah, he's just an awesome guy. And he said he gave us a racquetball court room. He's it's like, you know, and he's watching it grow, and he's he's loving it. He's really behind it. So, and pretty interesting, you know. Tim and I went. We found Tim found a ring out in I think just north or south. Uh, I think north of Indianapolis, and uh, him and I drove out there and drove it back to this place. And yeah, it's just it's it's continuing to grow. And he picked up another ring the other day. So I mean, it's just. Yeah, awesome. tell me about this promotion uh, Tim has. It's like brand, very brand new, right? Yeah, I'm from what like uh, I've spoken to a couple other guys. Like Marcus Anthony, OVW, brought you brought you know he, he we we've kind of connected you know from Tim and just wrestling and I've been picking his brain about the business and all that. And he actually said Tim was around, like the guy when he first got started. APW was like his first promotion too. So I believe it was a promotion some years ago and kind of you know just dwindled and now it's you know now the vision's back and you know there's some good guys backing it and so it's kind of the rebirth of APW I'm also um, I, since you uh, trained for a long time how long did it take you uh, to get in the ring for the very first time for your first match and how were you feeling <clears throat> well this is during injury so I hadn't been wrestling at the time I've always felt like and I'm no by any means a master at this by now but I feel if I'm with a good leader in the ring and they can just, you know, give me small cues, I can make it happen. I can make the match look well, you know, or go over great, depending on who I'm with. Um, and it was, I was at an LSC show, and there was a match on the card that, for a particular reason, a, uh, I think it was another guy that was training with Cody Hawk at the time. He couldn't make it, or something happened where he couldn't be there. And so there was an open spot on the match and my buddy Chris Ledbetter came up and he's like hey man I need you to come out of the audience and you know have this match and I was like uh well I haven't been in a ring in some time my heels almost 100% and yeah I just wanted to be a fan I paid a ticket just to sit there and watch well that didn't happen so this guy my very first match Night Shadow was in the ring calling us out. I stood up, got in the ring, gave him a good clothesline, pinned him one, two, three. That was my first match. I That's... literally had to pretend I and then Chris was like they were saying, act like you have no clue of any wrestling. Just do amateur wrestling stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. I think I shot a double leg, just stuff like that, you know, and rolled around in like a chicken wing. Just it was it was a blast, but I definitely felt out of place because I hadn't been in the ring and you know. How, um, how did the audience take you? Did it give you a good pop? There was, yeah, there was, because he, uh, Night Shadow came out and was belittling, you know, the American flag, the American people. It's like the big American guy gets in the ring and beats up on the, you know, the bad guy. It was, it was, they popped. It was cool, but they definitely were probably were like, who's this guy, you know? And I, and I crawled out of the ring and just sat back down in my chair. And just, yeah, some guy, I think a guy asked me for my autograph and I was, 
I just did a, I was like, uh, I'm not a wrestler, I'm not a wrestler. And he's like, oh, I don't care, man. So I just kind of did a weird squiggle. So hopefully that guy still has that, you know, that ticket. Because who knows, it might be worth a lot of money one day. Yeah, so um, you're a little bit still green in the ring. Mm-hmm. So you um, already had four matches. Mm-hmm. So what were your four matches like and what did you learn from those? Um, so I did, from there, I've done a couple matches. It was at HPW, the Flash Flanagan's promotion. Uh Again, I was going to be a fan, watched him and Butcher Manson wrestle, and I get put in tag matches in a singles match, and I'm like, hey, I'm, let's do it. Let's. Uh, one was a, I was tagging with a guy named Fireball, uh, Fireman and the Fireball. Yeah, it works well. Yeah, tag teams, you know. Um, and then there was another time where it was a singles match, him against me against him. Uh, he used to say he went over, you know, and the crowd was not too happy about that, but yeah, it is what it is. So. <laughs> but it was, each time, it was the crowd reaction. I was I was learning from the coming out of the audience to then walking down like a ramp. It's, you know, just how to engage the audience, you know. Whether it be, you know, and all those times I was clearly a baby, so, and then even this previous baby, so it was like, all right, come down and like high fives, you know, stuff, you know. Watching how the audience reacted to certain things, certain moves, holds, you know. That, that was the biggest thing I was really, like, catching on to, like, how are they responding to what's going on, you know. Neat. Very cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> so, uh, do you have a, a sort of, like, a wrestling style you've perfected? No, you know, it's a... Uh, no, I would say I, I try, I guess, to have a... Pretty well balanced. Um, obviously, I like the suplexes are fun and stuff like that. I do like throwing lines, and um, but I, I want to. I definitely am going to really focus. I want to like, do more technical. You know, I, I really want to get efficient with my, you know, being technical. I think that is a lost art in a way. You don't really see. You know, I don't. You know, the flips and stuff are sweet. I'm not. You know, I think and I admire that, but when they're there for a reason and they make sense. So I'm not. You're not going to see me doing a bunch of crazy dives because. If it doesn't make sense, I'm not doing it, you know. And that's pretty good. You learned in a technical, old-school mm-hmm. way. So I know when you trained with Cody, he probably taught you, you know, technical oh, wrestling. Yes. He probably taught you how to, you know, do a good promo. Mm-hmm. And um, when he uh, trained you, I know he trains us. How important was it for you when he taught you a little bit about in-ring psychology? Oh, it's very important. I mean, it's, like I said, you know, before, you know, even as a kid, you know, Here's a good example. He said, he said, you would have been a better wrestler as a kid than you are as an adult because you are imagination. That stuck with me right there. That is one thing that really stuck with me that he said. You know, and then going into those matches, you know, green is, you know, the grass. Using that in the back of my head, you know, giving me an advantage. Okay, well, I was kind of taught this and like, now use what I would have thought of as a kid where I would have been like, man, that's cool, you know. Um... That's psychology. That's everything. I mean, that's absolutely everything. Anyone can get in there and do a move, you know, throw a punch, but make those people on that roller coaster ride, that's cool. That is one <laughs> cool thing. So have you had any um, interesting fan reactions at all? Uh, yeah, all uh, positive. It, uh, <laughs> one, one was at HPW. I was just taunting on the ropes when I first got in the ring, and this girl, I mean, loud as day, I don't know who you are. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, you will. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it like that was uh, that was probably the most interesting. Nothing, uh, 
Nothing too crazy yet, you know. Well, that's pretty good. You got her attention because you were doing your job in the ring yeah. to get the, you know, at fan. She, at least she recognized me. Like, I don't know who you are, but cool, you know. So, um, how'd you come up with Paul Axed? That's my name. That There's nothing, yeah. That's, Axed is my legal name. Uh, and just, yeah, that's, I just was like, man, I, I don't, you know. Maybe down the road we can change it and do like a cool gimmick name, but I just was like, I, I like my name. It's cool. Everyone thinks it's fake too. Everybody, even you know, it's that's real. It's about as real as it gets. <laughs> nice. So, um, is there anybody you're eyeing in a ring you would like to get your hands on? You know, it, uh, down the road, I definitely would love to. You know, I, obviously Tim Lutz. Uh, I would love to have a match with Cody. I would, you know, just just I think that would be. I, like I said, when I got in the ring with him, I felt. I would felt really comfortable just how smooth he was. I mean, between him and Tim, and yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely my buddy Jake Shepard. But you know, I got a, I got a couple, you know, Big Macs before I can get you know up to that level. Uh, yeah, I mean, whoever, I mean, any anybody really, honestly. I mean, I'm just I'm hungry for it. Yeah, if you get in the room, Jake Shepard, um, maybe you guys can get together first and go to Golden Corral yes. and pig out. You know, the that's a fabulous idea. I heard he loves Golden Corral, and uh, that's that's good for me. Um, yeah, that's going to work. I think it's going to be it's going to be huge. And then his ultimate wingman, he needs to gain a little weight himself. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird. That's I feel really out of the blue. I mean, he the wingman's he's ripped to the gill, and the big guy's the big guy, and it's like, man. What, what a cool uh, faction that would be, the big guy, the medium guy, and the little guy. You know, that'd be kind of really neat. But, uh, yeah, he definitely – he'll be at the buffet as well, I hope. So when um, your upcoming match we talked about with Tim mm-hmm. Lutz, so how prepared are you and what are you thinking when you first come to a different promotion like Battle on the Border Pro yeah. Wrestling? Um, how are you going to feel and where are you going to be thinking? What's your plan? Um, I'm going to uh, just kind of hit it on, head on like I do normally. Just uh, – use the things I've been taught and uh, you know really listen to the crowd you know it's, it was neat being approached by Denim I, you know I was kind of like oh man this is happening a little pretty quick now you know the, the podcast and stuff like that I was like oh I can talk I don't have a problem talking to people it, you know so it, it's coming fast but it's setting in and I'm looking to really put on a hell of a show um, switched up my training style I'm training a lot more not as heavy. I want to be. Uh, I, I do yoga. Yoga's a big thing in my arsenal, so I'm doing a little more yoga. Um, still doing the Olympic lifts, but just kind of cutting back on uh, how many sets I'm doing. Not so much the hypertrophy. I just kind of want to right now for this show. I want to be uh, as agile as I can because Tim Lutz, they call him Lightning for a reason. You know, so I got to step up my game. I might be the Thunder, but he is the Lightning. Yeah, and especially last Sunday, um, I barely got to you know talk with you, but uh, um, Denim's been like pushing and promoting you to be part of his promotion, yeah. and then he got you over at View One Hundred Five to mm-hmm. talk with my good friend Matt Cooper. What yeah. was that like? That was awesome. That was Matt. That was a like I said, that was a privilege to me. Uh, that was my first podcast. I've never you know, so I was a little tense in there, like oh, what do I say, you know? But uh, that was awesome, awesome experience, you know. Hopefully we do more, you know, more podcasts. It'd be awesome. Um, since besides, you know, firefighting, uh, working out, uh, you know, wrestling, what do you enjoy outside the ring? Well, I'm a, I'm a big outdoorsman. Uh, a lot of hiking. I've been to uh, not all the national parks, but I've knocked off a pretty big portion of the national parks. Uh, 
obviously bodybuilding is another thing, but that's, you know, uh, horticulture. I'm big into plants. You know, I like, to, I do a lot of landscaping on the side too. And I just, I, it's something weird. My mom had a green thumb and I think that just kind of transitioned onto me. Uh, yeah, man, horticulture, flowers. Um, speaking of landscaping and being a green thumb, um, I interviewed Jerry Lynn, uh, you yeah, know, the ECW yeah. original. Oh, yeah. And when I um, interviewed him, I interviewed him over in West Virginia because mm-hmm. he was doing a show. And I asked him what he enjoyed, you know, outside the ring. You know what he said? Landscaping. Oh, good deal. Good man. That, that's, that's, you can tell, that's a real man right there. Go out there and just work on the land. That's cool, man. Yeah, he used to be like landscaping and mowing. It said it. It's therapeutic. Yeah, therapeutic. It's, it's, yeah. It is the weirdest thing, but you get so. I think it's the instant gratification you see. It's just like, man, this is cool. You know? I know. And I looked at Jerry Lynn. I was like, really? You traveled in Japan all around the world and wrestled and. You landscaping. Know, and, yep. you're, and you're talking about landscaping. He's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get the look too. People look at you like, really? Flowers and stuff? I'm like, yeah, man, I think it's cool. You know, I like, you know, it's the earth. It's cool. I, that's why I had to, I, when you said that, it's like I had to share that Jerry that's Lynn neat. story. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad I'm not the only guy that, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, um, speaking of indie wrestling today, mm-hmm. um, in your opinion, uh, do you think it's more popular than it was back in the day? Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think, you know, with uh, the AEW, you know, indie guys are seeing more uh, opportunity, I believe. Uh, from what I've been told, it's a great time to be in the business. A lot of magical things are happening. And, yeah, just the indie scenes, boom. So I think that's I think that's huge. I mean, kinda, I kind of like think it was like a modern-day territory kind of thing. Like, that's cool. I kind of think, yeah, that's, I'm stoked about that. I'm going to ask you another question. I always ask this to my uh, guests is, if you could change anything about pro wrestling and how fans perceive it today, what would you change and why? Make it, I think it would be cool to go back when people thought it, you know, the no kayfabe. I mean, it was, people were, the heels were the heels and the babies were the babies and the fans. Yeah, I think that, watching clips of that, and, and I mean, obviously there's a lot of smart fans. I mean, it's, it's cool today, but... I think there was something about it where the fans back then did not know anything other than this guy is, you know, he's horrible and this guy is the baby, he's the good guy, we want him to win, you know. I think that's cool. I think that would be that would be neat. Yeah, I miss the kayfabe days too, wherever he was invested in it before the internet, because the internet destroyed it. Yep, yep. And I remember reading the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines mm-hmm. back in the day. And then if you wanted to find out what's going to happen next, you had to go to the show. Yeah, yeah that's and, awesome. And I love the, the storylines they had where they start, you know, where it started off, you know, where the you know guy always got beat up by the bad oh, yeah. guy. And oh, then yeah. towards the end, he, oh, gets, yeah. he gets his redemption and it's, all that. It's, and like I said, and the people love that. Everybody loves an underdog. You know, that's something that's like... Uh, I mean, you see, you can see matches that have been repeated, you know, over you know history or whatever. But it's still like, man, this is cool. You know, and just to see how they're going to play the underdog and you know the big band heel. Yeah, and I like it back in how they did the old school days. You know how because you had all the heels mm-hmm. in the locker room, yep. separate locker room. You had the baby faces, mm-hmm. and then when the match is over, you don't see them hanging out together. Oh, they yeah. just go their separate that's ways. That's what I mean. That's, <laughs> that's, that's 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 cool, man. I mean, and even you know if a fan came up to you in a public place, they were the character. You know, I think of Ric Flair. You know, <laughs> he was the man all the time. You know, that's that's cool. Yeah, that's the best way to do it because I interviewed Coco Beware too, yeah. and back in the day when he was wrestling down in Memphis and, you know, Nashville and all that, um, when he was working for uh, Jeff Jarrett's, you know, mom and, uh, you know, uh, you know the yep. Jarrett family, 
she always told them when they come to town, you're always in character. You yeah. can't break it. You come in and you leave us the character. Man, that, I mean, I think that's cool. That's something like, I mean, not. I think it's cool to interact with people. You know how people, you know, like the guys in WWE to make a wish. I think that's awesome. I would love to be a part of that. Just helping others is something I'm very passionate about. But, but I think it's also cool that you're in character. You're here. You're doing your job. You want these people to really, you know, buy into you. you I think you live your character to an extent. You know, I, I think that's very cool. I'll tell you a good example of a wrestler that loves this character all the time. I don't know if you ever heard of him, uh, Ricky Glam. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I've met Ricky. Real, yeah, and when I was training with Cody, I, I very, very a talented guy. Very talented guy. Uh, I heard he's pretty good on guitar. Never had the never had the privilege to listen or watch him play, but uh, hopefully that you know that'll change. He's very entertaining in the ring. Yeah, I've uh, <laughs> I've seen photos and I, I think man, he's got something cool. He's got something good going on. Keep it up. And his uh, you know his favorite saying gets real loud. He's like baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, you know who another uh, good uh, guy like that is. Oh, Jake Shepard. They do like the caca. That'd be you know that's yeah. You think he could play any instruments? I don't think the drumsticks. I don't think Jake Shepard should quit his day job. No, you're probably right. You're, you know, you're, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, between the marquee players, Jake Shepard and Russell, we we have a love hate relationship. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I see. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I guess that, that's better than not having any relationship. But you know, hey, you know, sometimes I'm a you know a pain in her derriere, but <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, I'm sure a big pain. <laughs> so, um, where do you see yourself uh, at the end of 2019 and going on to 2020? Man, hopefully. Uh, I'd love to be working every weekend. I'd love to be on different promotions all over, man, just getting my product out there. You know, as like I said, I love this. I'm here to stay, you know, so. So where can everybody find you on social media? I, I'm actually, up until a couple of months ago, I didn't have a Facebook. So that's all I have It's just Paul Axe, Facebook. Uh, other than that, I'm pretty private, you know. I don't, not one to talk on the internet, you know. I'm, <laughs> Never really was into that. I'm, like I said, I'm a flower guy. I'm into plants. <laughs> hey, eventually you should pop into Twitter. That's where you get like the most. That's yeah. And if that's uh, if that's the case, my girlfriend Sarah, she's the one that kind of creates all that, and she posts pretty much all my posts. It's not me. I, I just look at the photos and like you know. You sound like you have a cool girlfriend, Sarah. Oh, she's um, awesome. So, um, how supportive is she of your wrestling? Very, uh, very, very supportive. It's uh, interesting, you know. And that was another thing, you know, telling people you want to be a wrestler, they're like, what? okay, you know, that's like, you know, I want to be a, an astronaut, you know, and it's like, realistically, I mean, what are your chances? I mean, I'm sure, you know, you could do it, but I think I was getting that for a while, like, you know, as younger as a kid, you know, people, I want to be a doctor, I was, you know, playing the NFL, I was like, I want to be a wrestler, man. I, that's all I, you know, we'd have basketball practice. In between, you know, getting water, I'd turn on this TV out there and put Raw on. And I'd be standing there, and one, one particular time, my coach, Bob Jennings, he just popped his head in there, and I was standing there on a on a chair, just glaring at this. It was a segment. It was an evolution segment. I mean, just hooked, you know. But um, Sarah's very supportive. Um, it was, you know, I told her, and like, I thought she was going to be like, yeah, okay, buddy, you know. But no, from the get-go, I mean, she's like, if that's what you want to do, you know, you got to do it 100%. You know, the shirts, all my um, material and all that, she's... She was kind of like a rock behind it all in the starting force. 
Um, <clears throat> she's uh, she'll be fortunately or getting ready to start a PhD program at UC. So I mean, she's very determined, very motivated individual, and it, it's neat. You know, having that you know, as my counterpart because it makes me want to be the same. You know, copy what she's doing. You know, it's a uh, very uh, independent and very successful person. You know. All right. Uh, thank you so much for yeah. uh, taking out of your time. This is interesting. I never interviewed anybody in a coffee house before. Yeah, man. Sorry if I said a mellow man. Sorry if it's really loud. It's a. Uh, <laughs> like I said, just getting off work this morning. It's a long shift. So I said, thank you for coming here. All right, thank you so much. Um, everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Popcast. You can follow Wrestle Popcast at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, Podcast City at podcastcity.net. And you can follow me at Facebook at Wrestle Popcast One and at Twitter at Wrestle Popcast One. Everybody have a good weekend.